Got myself a little cold brew. Oh, hello. What's this? Yeah. Is this something like brand new or or have you been mussing with these for uh, a while? I I don't mess. Uh, normally, I make my own cold brew, especially okay. in the summertime. It's getting hot out. Throw a little, yeah, throw throw some finely ground uh, coffee into the French press uh, the night before. Let it soak in the fridge overnight. You just come out, hit that plunger, and you've got yourself some uh, some cold brew. Okay. Is, uh, it's good. And it usually comes out like extra strong. Throw, throw it on some ice cubes. I throw a little simple syrup in there. And I'm guessing. A dash half and half. And uh, yeah. I bet you make your own simple syrup too, don't you, Johnny? You don't do any of that store bought nonsense. No, I don't. I I bought I bought it at the store. Oh, uh, I've done it myself. I've done it myself before, uh, as you've witnessed when making uh, my homemade ice cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. will uh, I will bust bust into that, but I keep uh, I keep a little like thing of uh, store bought simple syrup in the fridge. Uh, okay, it lasts me forever because I use like you know like four drops of it yeah there's no reason twice a week to put it yeah like it's not the kind of thing you can just throw on whatever uh but Mm -hmm. mm, in with a little cold brew uh on a on a hot hot day uh how's how is it out there today i know it was like a bit rainy it's super mild it's uh we we were getting like you know hotter and hotter last week yeah uh and now we're back into i don't know it's like 50 degrees all day today or something back to somewhat normal temperatures for, for yeah. that region. Yeah, we, yeah we we almost kissed 60 today. Oh, okay. Well, we, yeah, we've we I woke up in 60 degree weather and it's weird like desert 60 degrees, so it doesn't feel like that like mm-hmm. perfect east coast uh mild temperature. It's like, oh, it's like a little chilly and feels a little damp here. Um but yeah, we're we're weirdly back to somewhat normal kind of weather here i think for this time of year it's been warm and then chilly at night before it was just like 70 percent humidity and 80 degrees when it was hot i was like whoa this is not california (laughs) heat this is like east coast heat like it followed me out here yep Uh, uh speaking of following things if they're listening to this then they are following this podcast and this podcast, well, folks. It is the F1 Files. That's that's what we got going on here. My name is Corey Willis. I'm an actor, writer, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And this is John Lapore. I'm a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Holding it down. On the East Coast. Yeah, that's right. Corey, uh, give me a quick rundown of just what are the core headlines that you and I can get into this week. Weave in and out of and touch upon. Uh, Well, we've got the most important thing, which is the, uh, the qualifying format has been rolled out. There will be a new qualifying mm-hmm. format at Imola, where it is a tire saving style uh, format. Not quite the one lap stuff that we used to see in the days of old, but an interesting change 
in I'm going to need you to educate me on mm-hmm. that as we oh, get yeah. into it. Yeah. I mean, it feels like one of those like this is the closest thing to greenwashing that we're going to see in F1, I think. Otherwise, no. there's a, Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like their sustainability efforts are pretty decent. Uh but this is something where it's just like, oh, this is purely for show. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. something that was was important. Uh, again, that's going to happen at Imola. Uh, and one other place that I don't know of, I couldn't figure it out, couldn't find it. Uh, and then the more focused uh, actual news story is James Allison taking over for Mike Elliott as the technical director at Mercedes AMG. So we'll see mm-hmm. what that turns into. Um Toto seems to think that that man is a gladiator and needs to be on uh, the field. I don't know. I think that was like the metaphor he used, but like a trackside gladiator is what what James that Allison seems is. Very, very Toto appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's some some trash, Johnny. I know that there's some trash uh, uh, available to us. Boy, so, is there! Yeah, yeah. What do there we got? What do we got? Gallons of of <laughs> trash. I had to, I had to buy the expensive trash bags just oh. to keep this disgusting trash from leaking all over the place. Wait, are as they, I was, you know, walking scented? around with it slung over my shoulder. Uh, no, 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 no. Absolutely, like I, can't, I, cannot, I can't yeah. mess with the. No, no, no. It's it's yeah. It's not about it's not about them being scented or having a drawstring. It is critical that they just be the thickest black plastic imaginable. Okay. okay. Because if I get even the smallest pinprick hole and any of this trash mm-hmm. gets into my my living space, it's just going to contaminate everything. That is how vile. Wow. The trash is this week mm. in Johnny's trash corner, and I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. I mean, if, okay. if anybody's been following the the f1 social media circus you've seen the disgusting trash that i'm gonna Mm -hmm. even myself being the garbage man himself (laughs) am disgusted with (laughs) takes a lot to disgust (laughs) me the garbage man yeah this is like you're like opening the dumpster as the garbage man and just like oh like recoiling in disgust yep not like the shaking of the head like wow i can't believe someone threw this out you're like i can't believe that I, a man. Yeah, normally, deals. I'm opening yeah. up those dumpster lids and just seeing nothing but opportunity yeah. in front of me. Yeah. And this week, I open up those lids and and I just think like, what did I what did I do mm-hmm. wrong in life to end up doing this? Uh, I and imagine. I look forward to getting past this. <laughs> and next week, just going back to enjoying normal trash, Corey. Yeah. This- just want to enjoy normal trash. I feel like this is like <laughs> getting close to like a Sanford and Son situation uh, where like you just, you're pop and you just see everything as like opportunity. And I'm Junior who's like, come on, pop, you got to like leave that alone. <laughs> we got to get out of this junkyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, we are not getting out of this junkyard we're going to go into the worst parts of it uh the parts that i that you told me to stay out of and now you're like all right i want to show you why i told you to stay out of these just to show you how nasty it is well let's... uh one 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 other yeah, topic yeah, yeah. that we can touch on uh i don't know if this is a trash corner or just a, another chapter of formula cringe mm-hmm. but we've got another fun communication straight from mercedes amg formula one uh oh, yeah. to to dissect and just look at uh 
how it is that they are speaking to the fan base out there in mm-hmm. the year 2023. Yeah, using their mouthpiece to speak directly to the fan base, which none of us wanted. <laughs> I, I didn't realize mm-hmm. how yep. little we yep. actually wanted to hear these updates from Toto or non-updates or whatever you want to call them. Uh, so let's it's like my my local elementary school <laughs> gave one year. I think it was second grade. They gave every second grader a recorder. Oh, like they were just like, take this, take this home and mm-hmm. play it. Yeah. How do you play it? We don't care. No. Just, you know, blow breath into it and make piercing, shrieking noises to comfort your family and loved ones. Yeah. It's the only thing that matters is you play the play it just play it just get out of the house and play it uh well there's there is a a tiny little bit of uh of of some some rumor action happening too uh the 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 paddock is all a titter with uh, uh an apparent open secret that Charles has been just like staring at Mercedes from across the dance floor being like, Hey, uh, if my date keeps like being like a jerk, do you like, maybe want to like, I don't know, maybe go, maybe dance, make me feel safe. Yeah. Make me, yeah. Make me feel safe. Make me feel loved and wanted. And like, I got all dressed up to come here and like, you know, I feel like I should dance. Uh, so there's apparently let's, let's just dive. Can, yeah. can we just dive right into that? Yeah. Since yeah. we're, since we're already, uh, I've, I haven't heard, I mean, I, I get the vibe of this for sure. I haven't heard any of the specific rumors, but I mean, that makes, uh, enormous amount of sense. Yeah. Which of um, course it makes sense. He wants a winning team. Uh, so this was an article that came out from uh, an Italian journalist. His name is, let me just uh, enhance this here. Uh, it's Leo Torini. Uh, he apparently covers Ferrari news on a pretty consistent basis and has uh, a good reputation within the Italian press for not just spreading salacious rumors. But he mm-hmm. wrote on the 21st uh, about the fact that Charles has been kind of openly discussing, uh, like, where his best options are uh, with some folks in the paddock. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been picked up by any, like, proper media. He's not doing it on camera. But that was part of his discussion with John Elkin when he called a meeting with John Elkin, who's the head of Ferrari F1. Uh, or the head of Ferrari, not the not Ferrari F1, but like the head of the board of Ferrari. He called a meeting with like the big boss, which we had both discussed how like astonishing it was to hear that he yeah. was proudly admitting he wants to go talk to the boss. Uh, so yeah. apparently that was kind of a, a, a flare that he put out to other teams, uh, including Red Bull. Uh, but I guess... Mercedes is the team that he would be looking at that makes the most sense because if Hamilton yep. does win another world championship, there is a, a, a another thing that's kind of openly discussed uh, and an, more so a like, well, obviously versus like a more of a rumor. Hamilton wants to win another world championship before he retires. If he does win a world championship in the next couple of years, Charles Ferrari contract is over uh, in the next couple of years. And I think in 
at the end of 2025, I think is when it ends. So that mm-hmm. kind of fits within this window of like, hey, Hamilton might be leaving. Charles might just slide in there and hop into that seat because they want someone who is a potential world champion. They don't want someone who's going to yep. necessarily be the junior to George Russell. They want someone who's like yeah. had a whiff of the world championship. So seems like a powerful combo right there. Yeah. Imagining, you know, future George Russell, slightly more mature than he is today and a future Charles Leclerc. Um, yeah. Uh, I'd love to see that. I wouldn't mind seeing Leclerc and Hamilton side by side, but I also don't think Mercedes is going to uh, do anything with George Russell aside from keep him exactly right where he is. Yeah. Where he's at least in the, in the current conditions where he's, yeah, he's doing exceptionally well. Exactly. Uh, and it's not just that he earned that seat. It's that he's continuing to show that he's good yeah. in it, you know? So uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that's that's a, a, a rumor that feels like it's got a lot more traction than uh, any of the rumors where like Carlos might be going to Audi because there's that whole thing that is kind of swirling uh, because his father mm-hmm. drives the extreme. What is it? Extreme E or what? What it's the. The fully sustainable, the, the, the off road, uh... yeah. Uh, so that's like a McLaren, and I believe it's a McLaren and Audi partnership that his father drives for. So, if Audi shows up, why not bring on uh, a Carlos Sainz Junior uh, to that team? And maybe I wish it went the other way around. I wish it was that, uh, and I feel like it's appropriate at mm-hmm. this point to say that, like. Carlos Sainz Jr. is now the dominant motorsports figure in the family. Yes. Like, yes. like legacy wise. Yeah. Like his time with in Formula One will maybe it's not quite their legacy status, but I feel like in a matter of a year or two, he will have now, you know, mm-hmm. gone beyond his father's amazing and very impressive legacy in World Rally. Yeah. And then I think that means that his father should drive some world rally stages in a Ferrari. I think that's, that's the way it should go. They used to do like a a 308 back in the eighties. There was like a Ferrari 308 that got like jacked up a little bit, a little bit of a lift with some knobby tires and a whole array of fog lights on the front of it. Like I want to see, I want to see that happening, but with some current spec Ferrari. Johnny, they hardware. do have the the like, hey, don't call it an SUV Ferrari SUV now. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. could absolutely. They do. I, 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 I mean, don't. They, I don't I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I know. I know. I know, John. I, feel I don't have good way. feelings about that. <laughs> I, I really that yeah. thing just sort of upsets me. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, um, absolutely. There's you know, also be... there's a Subaru that has like uh, I think like uh, an old uh, might be like a four five eight engine in there, but like it's like a bomb. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. there's definitely one of the drifters has a uh-huh. a, a BRZ or a Toyota eighty six with the with the Ferrari uh in, you know the swapped mm-hmm. Ferrari swapped engine right up front. Uh yeah, I love it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's yeah. do it. I, I just want that. to see some some super trashy Italian uh, hardware 
getting gravel sprayed all over it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so hey, let's uh while we're talking about uh Italian gravel getting sprayed places, let's talk about this new qualifying <laughs> format. Uh the, yes. there's so it's being give, rolled out. Give me the rundown on this. Mhm. Uh, it's being rolled out at Imola, so not Monza. It'll be at Imola, so um, not at the what is is it I, the Premio Grand Prix d'Italia or whatever? Uh, the, it's the it's the Parmesan Grand Prix. The Parmesan yes, yeah. Grand Prix. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. it will be rolled out at that weekend because that is a full weekend. I think the weekend at Monza is shortened. It's like a two day affair versus uh, like the full three day weekend. So. That is, it's being rolled out at Imola, and the plan for Pirelli is to only allocate hard tires for the first qualifying session, and then medium tires for the second qualifying session, and then those soft tires for the final third qualifying session. I think that's not bad. I don't think that's the worst idea. Um, I'm open to that. Um, mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. Will... Does this mean that this won't impact the tire allocation for race day? Uh, I believe so. So it's just the tire allocation for qualifying. So it's, I think they use like 15 sets of tires right now. That's the allocation. And this brings it to 11, I think. Uh, so, yeah. So in, in theory, does that mean that we might actually see cars spending more time on track during the qualifying sessions? I think m you'll see more cars on track in those first two qualifying sessions. Uh, and then and I, I say this because my, my understanding of it is that, you know, the cars, they go out, they put in, you know, a lap at the beginning of the session, and then they try to wait until the very, very end of the session to get one single lap. And because they are trying to mm -hmm. save those tires, which if needed, they could reuse on race day it's yeah that's the whole if like that's no longer the case i would think that that would give them more opportunity to spend time on track which would be would be nice just to see like i i do think ever since this strategy kind of was born six or seven years ago it was mm -hmm. just sort of irritating that the teams would say oh okay the qualifying session has begun, but that doesn't mean we're going out. Leave the track stone cold until yes. the very, very, very end. You know? And like the lower teams or the lesser teams would have to basically sacrifice their tires to go out and like clean yeah. up the track, which is like they'd get all the dust and debris yeah. pushed out of the way. And then they'd leave some rubber down that creates better contact patches for the more mid-pack and top-tier teams to then put in these dominant qualifying laps. And it, yep. yeah, it's it it has, although it's worked better than most other iterations of qualifying, I do think back to like way back when, when I was not watching racing consistently, but just knowing that like Go Fast Day was so much more important because each team and it wasn't like the aggregation of laps it wasn't like oh you do like your best lap out of like five is the one that brings you to the next round it was like no 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 you get one lap in quality like you get mm -hmm. one chance to put down a lap and those were like yeah of course that was like kind of in like the domination phase of schumacher but like so it was a little bit tricky but qualifying seemed to be more entertaining back then and then also uh 
it's I think it's better because you do get teams that every single lap counts versus the first couple of laps are like, eh, kind of throwaways. And then as we get into the yep. second half of Q2, it's like, okay, it's time to get serious. And it's like, well, we've just been watching, like, what was the point of this, uh, of, of watching the first session, right? What was the first mm-hmm. qualifying session's point then? Was it just to put rubber down? Because if it was, maybe it would be better to make them all put rubber down with hard tires and like really push their cars. I, I like I do like this idea. I like this idea of having hard tires be the first. Uh, maybe they could do like medium tires in the first, medium tires in the second, and then soft tires in the third qualifying session. Uh, just yeah. because I know some cars are, it's tricky to turn those hard tires on, especially when you've got a track that has no rubber down and has a bunch of dust on it. You're going to get maybe some cars going off track a little more often than you want. So we'll see. We'll see. It's well, a- I think the, the other potential downside is that you may have a scenario where uh, teams are out there on a tire that they already know they would not even bother using on race day. Yes. And they're kind of like putting down laps that are sort of like irrelevant beyond just this one kind of condition scenario, mm-hmm. which would then maybe require them to spend time on that tire during practice to make sure that they know what's going to happen in qualifying and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it seems like a, it's, it, it seems like a pretty logical approach. I'm open to it. Yeah. Sounds interesting to me. And also to see, to really get a sense of how do the drivers perform on each compound and, yeah. and get a clearer understanding of that. I feel like that gets a little bit obfuscated, uh, Gets confusing during the <laughs> race. Yes. Yes. Words are hard. Yeah. Uh, gets confusing during the race when there's different like tire management strategies put in place yes. that wouldn't be as relevant during qualifying. So yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. Curious yeah. to see how it how it pans out. Yeah. And if it's a disaster, it only happens in two races. We have so many races this year so if one or two qualifying sessions get screwed up sure and if we have six sprint qualifying sessions that are happening okay like it does we have room to kind of mess around with the the format and i'm grateful as a fan that they're not messing around with the format when like there are less races on the calendar. So it's like, Hey, we only really get 12 races this year because they trialed weird stuff at four of them. Uh, so I'm perfectly happy with this. Uh, speaking of trialing, this is a more forced segue, but that's okay. Uh, uh, (laughs) Mike Elliott's, uh, trial period as uh, technical director at Mercedes has come to a close. Because he has mm-hmm. promoted himself <laughs> to uh, basically like the technical strategist uh, of the Mercedes AMG Patronus team going forward into the 2026 yep. regulations. Uh, with that promotion, he has brought in uh, James Allison, which <laughs> this is so hilarious. Uh Apparently, James Allison has only been working part time for Mercedes for the past uh, for the past, I guess, few months, several months since he was brought on from the Ineos team, which means he's been working three days a week for Mercedes since January or mid February. 
Uh, so now he's going to be a full-time employee, mm-hmm. I guess. This is like, it's such a weird managerial yeah. shift that's happening. But it's basically just like, hey, Mike Elliott was not good enough to command the respect of the engineers, and he knew it. He recognized it, and I want to give so many props to someone in a managerial position to go, hey, yeah, I can't cut it as a manager. I'm going to bring someone in who knows what they're doing and has a proven track record of good management and people falling in line behind his demands and commands and pushing themselves when he says like hey i need you to push yourselves people are like watch how hard i push myself coach it's like oh that's a great response versus mike elliott being like hey do you guys think that maybe you could like oh no you've already left okay okay all right well i tomorrow maybe get in or nope you're not you've already closed the door and you're on do not disturb okay well i guess i'll see you tomorrow morning i'll be in early hoping that you respect me a little more um so I think it's great. I think it's great that James Allison's back. I'm uh yeah, I'm with you. I mean that that seems like a comforting touch, mm-hmm. you know, a comforting hand on the wheel. Yeah. Uh I and I also <laughs> I agree with you. I and, and I'm fully on board with your assessment of like it is nice when somebody realizes, you know, that they can step aside a little bit or make make a little way for a higher level of excellence to come in and contribute something to the team. Yeah. Lord knows they need every bit of it that they can. Absolutely need this. Um, That's something that James Allison has been able to, he's been able to bring to the team. There is even just watching that breakdown that he did the post race assessment where he showed up on our screens instead of Mike Elliott. I was like, oh, like I immediately felt like safer and more okay with a non-double podium result. Uh, I was still like, oh, okay, I feel pretty good about this. Um, They're absolutely going to be rolling out a new suspension, I guess, in Baku, which is part of this shift in uh, the way that they're approaching the rest of the season, apparently. Uh, So that's... And they're starting to do the downplay thing. I don't know if this was a Mike Elliott like regime thing, but it feels like Mercedes was kind of overselling themselves quite a bit over the past 18 months or so. And now they're not. Yeah, I, I'm constantly torn between like, are they overselling themselves or were they just ignorant as to how bad they were really doomed to be and like yeah. just hadn't accepted the 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 miserable place that they had put themselves in ah uh, the old uh rearranging deck chairs on the titanic uh type situation of being like well, we we need to rethink this yeah. concept and it's like guys no the concept is bad you need to abandon it yeah. <laughs> immediately and let's just a couple more modifications to the terrible concept and we'll be yeah. we'll be good to go yeah. Um so so to that end, why don't we touch on the the related bit of of news that falls into yeah, uh Formula 1 comms cringe mm-hmm. uh chaos. Yeah. Which was this Instagram video made by the Mercedes team that was just total wolf sitting at a desk staring into camera delivering a message that was something along the lines of like, we're 
Like the whole time Toto doing this sort of like, I'm about to have a huge grin spread across my face, but I'm going to try to contain it. Yeah. While calmly saying like, we're, you know, we're excited for you to see the upgrades that we've been, <laughs> that we've been gently preparing. Yeah. And, you know, thanking the fans for sticking with them through the season. Uh, to me, a natural sequel to the single worst Mercedes communication that I've seen, which was their letter to the fans of, you know, yeah. Uh, sorry, we're miserable. We know we're really miserable. We feel terrible for ourselves. You should also feel terrible. And we will feel terrible if you abandon us. So mm-hmm. don't even think of abandoning us. This yeah. is a slightly different tone. Yes. Uh, possibly the the most, I don't know, the the part that I couldn't keep my eyes off of was just Toto not figuring out what to do with his arms yeah he's sitting at a table with his arms on the table kind of like he's like crossing his arms in a way that you might see a distinguished older gentleman cross his legs yeah you don't cross your arms that way exactly (laughs) yeah you don't you don't like do that and he was like continually un uncrossing them and recrossing them and uh i also thought that he looked like uh like when uh, you've got a dog when like the dog is sitting there and it's like, look how good I'm being. And it like does the like arms, like it's front legs crossing over themselves. And you're like, Oh, you think you're people, mm-hmm. but you don't know how to do yep. the thing where like I fold my arms because <laughs> your elbows don't work that way. <laughs> it's so funny to watch it. Yeah. I couldn't focus on anything else. Yeah, I imagine that there's a scenario where Toto's sitting in the chair, they're getting ready to do this, and like he's like, I've got this. This is going to be a killer statement. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the red light turns on on the camera, and Toto's like, I forgot how to be human. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. How to uh, someone quick Google what to do with robot arms. Yeah. It's Make like- human trust. His his installation software is like still not fully downloaded. It's just he's like, oh, I can't. Yeah. I know I'm supposed to do something like this, but I'm the old model and I haven't. Oh, God, hurry up with this update. Hurry up with this update. And then it never happens. It, it never happens. He delivers a very. The words were comforting, but nothing about what I was seeing was comforting. There was just a huge disconnect between the two. I mean, none of this should matter, but Mm. they're going to great lengths to put this sort of stuff out there into the world. And, you know, given the ridiculously precarious situation, which they are in, you know, I just, yeah, I just want them to do better. What do you think this is? Like, what do you think that they have like a new publicist or they like, or it's like a social media direction or like a comms thing. Like, what do you think is happening? I, I think every team in Formula One is very highly motivated, especially in the age of drive to survive. They are all highly motivated to control their own narrative. Uh, and I know there's some teams that are putting together content that feels like like a slickly produced mini documentary about what's happening behind the scenes with the team as if they are making their own drive to survive episodes. Yeah. I think the 
uh, wizards at Mercedes have decided like all we have to do is just deliver direct, clear information to the fans via a camera and, you know, via a human talking head saying words and, you know, it's their, it's their technique. It's their approach. But it, it feels like that scene in Wayne's world where Wayne and Garth get into a fight on camera and then Garth is left mm-hmm. there. Yep. And it's like, yeah. oh, oh, you're so uncomfortable. And you were clearly being kind of like propped up in a way by yep. by like you're winning your the way that you were winning and being dominant and like kind of playing coy and cute about it was like Wayne. Uh, and now that you're just like the machine of Mercedes, it's like, oh, you don't know how to demonstrate charisma or human behavior. You're just delivering information yep. because you feel obligated to and because the lights are on and the camera is on. <laughs> but like everyone can mm-hmm. see you trying to edge toward the exit, <laughs> just being like, cool, can we wrap this up? It's bizarre. I mean, I get. I, I'm sure if I was in a staring contest with Toto Wolf, I would lose. Yeah. Well, your eyes you know? would be like, bored I, out through the back of your skull through by his lasers. Yes. So yeah. Yes, yeah. by his laser vision <laughs> yeah. and and whatnot. Yeah. But still, in that process, I would look more confident in whatever it is that I'm doing with my arms. Hundred percent. His yeah. Than than whatever firmware version he was running on at the time that this video was captured. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's enough, <laughs> Robo Toto. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was what, Corey, Corey, what what else have we got in the in the hopper? Uh. So let's make our way so elegantly and delicately into this like sealed barrel of sludge that you've somehow like you are moving moving some stuff around in your trash corner and like your like shoe like kicked into like some edge of something and you're like oh what's this let's let's get into that barrel that you found there johnny what is it Corey, I like trash. I like the trashy stuff in in Formula One. It keeps me entertained. It keeps me engaged. Mm-hmm. This is a piece of trash so highly concentrated that uh, it could only be born <laughs> through, I think, the exhaustive boredom of Formula One culture mm-hmm. having this unexpected lengthy break this early on in the season. Mm -hmm. And to me, it is like the sport and the sports culture making a cry for help. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, For the last, I don't know, 72 to 96 hours formula one scene has been a buzz suggesting that there is some kind of relationship between Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift. I, uh, is there any dimension where there's like any chance that there's anything practically true about any of this? Or is this just like, what's the stupidest thing in the world that could be said about formula one? Uh, So I am so wholly and completely unaware of the goings on of Taylor Swift and Swifty nation and her relationship. Me me too. Uh, And I think that that's fairly healthy 
to be, you know, 40 year old <laughs> men who are completely unaware of Taylor Swift as like an entity. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, not to say that other, you know, that it's like a gendered thing or whatever. It's just like a pop music isn't for 40 year old men. Uh, pop stars aren't for 40 year old men or like, I mean, you know, 40 year old women and non-binary people. I don't know your deal. Cause I'm not you, but I feel like this is just something where if any 40 year old man came to me and was like, Oh, did you hear the most recent thing uh, about like Taylor Swift? Like even like an album reference or whatever, I just wouldn't get it. Um, I know that her and Kanye got into a weird thing at the VMAs maybe, or the Grammys or something. And that was a planned thing because they were sending text messages. So I like know some of the gossip around her existence, but I don't know what her deal is. Yeah. I know. I know it's like really hard to get tickets for Taylor Swift's tour, which may or may not already be completed or is not begun yet. Yes, exactly. That's, exactly. that's the extent to which I am in this in this space. Yeah, alongside you. Uh, that said, Fernando Alonso is a forty-plus-year-old man, and that is <laughs> this is this is what makes it so much trashier and so much more bizarre because he's like this like Spanish heartthrob of a man who's 40 years old, who's had a resurgence in his popularity within a sport that is mm-hmm. surging in popularity within this country and is starting to like the membranes of like F1 and pop culture are now starting to like come into contact with each other. I just never expected that that point of contact would be Taylor Swift and Fernando Alonso. I just, that's not, like so you're saying you're you're you've just put a couple things out there. Yeah. One is that Fernando is much closer to you and I than he is to Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm yes. with you, especially yeah. when you got into the Spanish heartthrob yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, nature yeah. Yeah. of it yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh the other thing is we've all got Fernando fever. Yes. Like we've all got maximum Fernando fever at the moment. Fernando's stock may be higher than it even was when he was winning back-to-back championships. Yeah. Uh much closer to the start of his career. Um like after he wins his first Grand Prix this year, he will probably have a ticker tape parade not unlike the parade he got when he won his world championship. Yeah. Like it will be yep. similarly massive and deserved quite frankly uh yeah Yeah. i think his his star is rising so much so that even someone who is not a part of f1 uh like i don't know if she's ever even been on like a grid walk i I don't watch all the grid walks but i can't remember her being one of the celebrities who showed up supposedly she must have supposedly she's a she's a fan okay yeah um but she's not a an outspoken fan she's not one of these people who you see in the back of garages like over the course of a weekend uh that i've noticed and i'm pretty good at spotting like oh there was a random person in the shot there who who was that uh so yeah i don't know what what are are your thoughts johnny 
Corey, I'm already disgusted with the amount of analysis that I know, we're applying. I know to, I could uh, see, yeah. to, to this. Yeah. Uh, it's I think it's I think it's sheer madness. It's a it's a whimsical thought to have that like puts like a you know it gives me a, about a thirty percent increase in smile when I scroll through social media. Yes, and I see something like this, uh, and it's um, uh, immediately I think. Uh, total fabricated BS just made by the overly uh, starved imaginations of Formula One fans worldwide. Uh, I'm disturbed that it grew with such a feverish intensity Yeah, that uh, I, I think like, you know, Sports Illustrated was commenting on it and, and whatnot. Um, not that there are any sort of like authority on F1, but I just consider them like a, a ridiculously mainstream platform. Uh, and for them to put, you know, any of their available Twitter characters, you know, towards this is, is saying something, yeah. uh, let's all just, let's all just move on and just chalk it up to this is the year of Fernando Yeah, and Fernando himself I would I would love to know what he's thinking. I just imagine he's just like sitting back doing the like Antonio Banderas. Like he's seeing everyone speculating about this and is just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is it. This is my <laughs> this is what I am doing. You're all living on planet Fernando. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I it these are my whims and I uh you know, and and maybe, who knows? Maybe through this insanity, this is something that like Fernando is in. Like now, I'm just going to will this to be true. Uh, John, he uh, is. He has already responded in a very Fernando Alonso way, which is not saying a word, but posting like something on social media. Uh, I think it was a TikTok, and the song he uses is a Taylor Swift song, and it's like, oh. Okay, so you are, you're, I mean, he, of course he's aware of these rumors and he's yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. the Fernando Alonso thing of like cutely acknowledging it and then maybe, yeah. yeah. Don't deny it. Definitely don't no, deny no, no, it. No, no, no. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, you know, it's uh that's a valid, valid move for him to take. Absolutely. It's a very Fernando-esque strategy to figure out what he can, what he can get of pure value yeah. out of this to elevate his, uh, this is kind of his his position in in formula one this is kind of what makes me feel like this is something that is we are not hearing the last of john and i don't love this but it is something that maybe when the podium celebration happens maybe when he like wins his first grand prix maybe it'll happen in austin and maybe she'll be like the presenter and it'll be this beautiful moment of like he like you know uh, or no, because I guess she's much taller than him. So she'll like dip him and kiss him uh, when she hands him the trophy. No, he'll be on a podium. It'll be perfect. Oh, yeah, it'll be like all, the shack and Hamilton on an type moments, like where they're standing next yeah. to each other. It's their eye. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be beautiful. Uh, so that's, oh, God. I. All right, let's decontaminate the uh, Johnny's trash corner. I'm gonna have to uh, get some we... bleach in here and scrub this out. This is uh, how do we decontaminate? It's just gross. It is so filthy and so disgusting, and so a part of this sport. I think that 
the more that this sport gains notoriety, the more that it will have these moments where we are just completely aghast at how, at like how a popular well, figure. Yeah. I mean, in in theory, this is probably this topic probably has the biggest impact on our end of episode question. Yes, which is. Did Formula One stock go up in the United States this week, Corey? I mean, I, if it if it hadn't already been like going up, I think that this stock has taken uh, uh, much like much like the uh, the giant uh, little emerald nepo uh, emerald mine nepo baby. That's yeah. The Emerald Mine Nepo baby. That's that's the re- wow. that's who he is. Uh, just like his rocket blew up, uh, I think that we are witnessing like an incredible test. Uh, maybe it will blow up because all of all of her relationships end in disaster. Apparently, uh, that's like what her albums are about. Again, I know I already and I feel like I already know too much, uh, but it is <laughs> it is. Very similar to that as far as the rise in F1 stock. It is clearing the launch pad. It is uh, clearing the lower atmosphere and is just spiraling out of control uh, in like a very entertaining way. John, what do you think about the stock? What do you think about about it this week? Uh, I think these, like this is another thing is I understand that like, Taylor Swift fandom Mm -hmm. has the ability to like sway and control the internet at different times. And, uh, you know, it's like one of these entities or like hive minds that can all push things in a particular direction. So just on the basis of the fact that in the year 2023, a culture of all kinds can be overwhelmed and manipulated by swarms of rabid teenagers uh yes the stock has gone up this week whether it's a pump and dump scheme yes will be yes. see will be determined uh shortly but i think uh yeah i think it's up this week and uh i i presume uh this ruse mm-hmm. is is probably got a little of a, a few more twists and turns to it before it fizzles out yeah. as it rightfully should yeah and if it doesn't fizzle out, what a ridiculous story. Is this like our version of like Jean Todd and Michelle Yeoh? Are we like seeing the like short European uh, be with like the bombshell? I mean, and I, I think when you put it like that, way more plausible that a two-time world champion and superstar white hot driver and a pop star get together yeah. than a tiny French team principal and uh, the world's foremost female martial artist. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I mean, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, Well, with that in mind, mind, Johnny, where can the folks Uh, track you down out there in the world? uh, You can get in touch with me via my personal website, johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? Oh, folks, you can track me down. Uh, Burn Corey Burn is 
my handle on all the stuffs. Uh, and then I also have a show coming up uh, this week uh, at the uh, Ledge Theater. Uh, it is going to be the Surf Advisory All-Star. So this is like an improv show. And I'm going to have a whole bunch of great people who are on this show with me, uh, put on by Ryan Hitchcock. The Ledge Theater is a Black-owned comedy theater. I think the only Black-owned comedy theater mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Uh, it is a nonprofit. It's got a ton of great shows. So I'm going to promote the hell out of it. Uh, and... I'm going to be nice. at this show this weekend. Uh, so come on through. Uh, I'll post some. I'll post a link to it in the description here to, to this show. Um, but you can find me there. And then also the F1 Files on Twitter, the F1 Files on TikTok, and then the F1 Files pod on Instagram. All right. Well, I mean, I guess because it's race week, we are going to have to catch up with these folks next week, Johnny indeed yeah race week baby let's go Uh, yeah yeah so folks catch up with us the next time on the f1 files oh